0: marketing made easy the podcast on this episode
1: i mean if you're worried about critics if you're self-conscious if you're not confident all those things no amount of tactics
0: is going to help now here are your hosts from get savvy club anna geary and anita baldwin
2: hello everybody welcome to another episode of marketing made easy from the get savvy club anna here and the lovely anita Hello! She's got the kids with us today because of isolation. This is lockdown time. <laughs> well, not I'll be locking well, them down soon. Yeah, most kids are gone to school, but hers have to be at home because somebody's got COVID in their class or something or other like that. Uh, but today, super excited to have somebody from Toronto, Canada with us. So we've got the lovely Sue Feet, who's going to talk about... All the ways in which she helps all her clients step into the spotlight spotlight even to be known. So, let's get into this.
0: If you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, review and subscribe.
2: Super, super excited to have this lady with us today. Although, she won't tell us how to pronounce her name, so we have to guess on air with you guys listening. I'm going to have a go. Do we pronounce it twos fit? That's my go. What's your go, Anita. Sufit. All right. Well, Anita's closer.
1: Ooh. Um, <laughs> I'll take that victory. On interviews, radio, podcasts, people always ask me the same question. Before we go on the air, can I just ask you how to pronounce your name? So I said to Anna and Anita, ask me on the air and I'll give you a better answer because... Um, I get asked this every single time. And so I was on a, an actual like live terrestrial radio, you know, real radio show um, once. And the host asked me that question before we got on. She asked me and I answered it. And um, I said, it's pronounced two feet, to feet, which is a little bit. Uh, Anita was a little bit closer, but the emphasis on the second two feet, to feet, because she was saying to fit or something. So I said, no, two feet, feet, like feet. So she wrote down mm-hmm. feet. So then we get on the air. Hello everybody, and welcome to the show. And today we have a wonderful award-winning author Sue foot So <laughs> <laughs> she remembered the feet thing but she got two foot So is that your real name? It's the second most often asked yeah, question. yeah, because I don't know who even in print media they ask me like, you know, why did you make up that name or is that your real name? And I I always say to them, like who would make up a jumble of consonants that nobody can pronounce? Like <laughs> it's my real name, my parents name it Sufi it, it was um I was born in Israel at the time they were naming birds and they named like a hummingbird or a sunbird a tzufit because it collects tzuf, which is nectar of honey. Anyway, they want to name me something sweet. That's what it is tzufit. It's memorable though. If you can remember it, it's memorable. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would remember it if it weren't my name.
2: Yeah. So, Sufit, do you want to <laughs> tell us a Perfect. little bit about you and your bit? See, how I learn, listen and learn. Not like that. the broadcaster that you had listen <laughs> and then actually apply it not just listen and forget it <laughs> or later in, later in the podcast I'll call you foot don't worry but um the thing, <laughs> you, you want to tell us a little bit about you your background I've noted uh, like um, one big thing I've noticed is the which are loads of our clients they used to be in corporate and they moved into not being corporate and i know that's very much you so if you want to explain about yourself your background and what it is that you do that'd be fantastic okay so my whole life i kind of wanted to be you know a singer an actress but
1: my parents wanted me to be practical you know become an accountant a doctor a lawyer or marry one um so i ended up becoming a lawyer i was always interested in law um, litigation law um And so I became a litigation lawyer. They're the, um, actors of the legal profession, the people that go to court and sue people. So, um, did that for about 10 years, during which time I also popped out four baby girls in quick succession, one Mm -hmm. after the other, four, Under in under four and a half years, the oldest was not Um. yet four and a half when the youngest was born Two have the same birthday, not twins, very efficient woman you are looking at right now. (laughs) So um, one day I said to myself, I had that sort of Peggy Lee moment that is that all there is moment and I left the law kept the kids. And decided to follow my dream of being a singer, an actress, a comedian. I got on a sitcom on TV for four years. I played an evil cafeteria, a comedically evil cafeteria lady laid, named uh, Ludmila Kropotnik. And um, I put out a music CD and I promoted it to make top album lists around the world. Um, and people asked me how I did it, right? Because I was stuck at home with four kids, no car, and I you know, I had to move the merchandise, right? So I learned about marketing, I learned about publicity. And so people asked me, how did you do it? And so I started coaching not only fellow musicians, but uh, kind of informally, but then formally, business people came to me and said, well, maybe you can help me get, you know, a full page thing in the newspaper, how'd you do that? And before you know it, I was a coach with no credentials, no background, no nothing, I made it up, and it became real. And I've been doing it for, I don't know, 18 years at least.
2: Wow. That's wow. Some story that is completely made up. You could help people literally go from anything they're doing right now and or, or even if they love what they're doing right now but they want people to know about it you can help them do that essentially. Well actually so
1: so when I started my business Anna um, that kind of was what it was. I was uh, my original coaching business was called Follow That Dream and then you know there's an accountant he wants to become you know, a pilot or a magician or whatever it is, and I would help him uh, make that transition. But then it quickly occurred to me, having these four children and realizing that you really should feed them more than once a week, um, it occurred to me that uh, it's not enough to follow your dream. You also have to make money doing it, right? Like people talk about passion, passion, passion. Well, you're going to lose the passion pretty damn quick if, you know, you can't feed your kids. Um, So I quickly understood that you had to figure out how to monetize what it was that you had done to follow your dream, you know, you had to monetize that new profession of yours. And so it kind of morphed a little bit more into step into the spotlight, because in the spotlight, you can attract client, right? Yeah. Instead of sitting behind your desk, Um, the way corporate people do, the way lawyers do, uh, and just expecting that people will come. Well, that doesn't happen for most entrepreneurs. So you have to actually get out there and step into the spotlight. Now it's a little bit more of a virtual spotlight. Um, Thank goodness we have the technology to do this, um, which, you know, uh, we didn't always have obviously um but whether it's online or in person or on the radio or on a podcast or whatever it is you have to find some way to get seen get heard get noticed and maybe even if you're not afraid of this get known
0: so are you coaching on the practical steps to take to do that or the like confidence and mindset steps you need or, or all of that
1: what I pitch to people is the first part what they end up Getting, you have to have the second part or you can't do the first part. Right. And it's interesting because I actually ended up creating a 10 week program after several years of having done this and after my book came out. And um, I realized there were kind of three basic components to this. I kind of call it the spotlight blueprint. The top one is the mindset, you kind of have to have a stardom state of mind. Um, The middle one is uh, the strategic, you know, what is it uh, that I'm really selling? What am I, What's my positioning? What's my branding? W- you know, uh, why me? And then the third part, the bottom part, is the tactical one where, you know, it's about what do you say when you only have 30 seconds at a networking meeting? How, how do you speak in public? How do you get the local newspaper to write about you? How to get on national TV, on a news, you know, whatever it is, tactical stuff. Well, I realized that people were coming to me almost exclusively for the third one. Yeah, right, They would yeah. come and say, Sufid, help me with my 30 seconds, help me add humor, help me write a book. It was all tactical stuff. And I said, okay, yeah, sure, great. But you can't do the tactical stuff unless you do the first two, unless we first go to the middle one, which everybody skips, right? Um, the strategic part, like why you? Um, yeah. What are you really selling? How are you different? What's your st- all that stuff? And then the the top part, which is what you just asked me about, Anita, the um, stardom state of mind. I mean, if you're worried about critics, if you're self conscious, if you're not confident, all those things, no amount of tactics is going to help you.
0: Yeah, it's funny because uh, what you're saying is exactly what we experienced when we did our program. It started off being six weeks because we went, well, you just do this, 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 and we found that people were like, "Whoa, oh my God, I'm a bit overwhelmed and a bit stuck, and I've missed a week, and actually, that's massive." And so we turned it into a 13 week because it needs to add in all of the um, the mindset stuff and all of that because it's all very well telling people what they need to do, but if they're like, oh, I, don't, "I don't really know," and I feel a bit nervous and uh, I've never done that before, and I'll, I'll just skip that. Part and go to the next part and then it just won't work for people will it
2: there's one of our clients actually today we have like a, a group a whatsapp group that we're all in and today she has been knocking around our world for months and today she did her first uh video on and she posted it on linkedin and it, it was and, and she was like oh thanks for the motivation guys and I thought do you know what it's not motivation it's actually peer pressure <laughs> that group and the thing but she's finally like clicked and done it and that I love that when that happens because it's like wow awesome you've actually finally took a while but if she had come to us at the start and gone oh well, can you help me with my mindset and what like like people don't ask that do they people don't want no, they that. People, that they never ask they and, never and if you said that at the start they'd probably be like oh I know about that mindset stuff I'm on board with it but they don't so but they're not
1: the mindset stuff comes when they're trying to apply this stuff so for example they'll come and I'll say you know like okay let's look at your pricing and if you can't scrounge up a little bit of confidence you're never going to raise your prices so I have people who come to me and say you know I've even lawyers who've been in practice for 30 years and have trouble getting the initial retainer or they feel bad about it. And I understand because when I was a lawyer, the last thing I wanted to talk about was money. I was a professional and professionals don't talk about money. And, and it, you know, it, I get it. I get it. Pricing is something where you absolutely have to have some kind of confidence in what you're doing or be really good at faking it. And that only that only works for so long. And It, it sometimes works on the phone, right, or in audio only. Um, you can kind of, you know, quote your price to somebody over the phone and then kind of squirm and squint <laughs> yeah. on your side and they don't see you squirming and squinting. Yeah. But if you're doing it face to face, you got to scrounge up a bit of power in your voice and your authority um, and 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 believe it yourself before you can command it.
0: You're right. It's the practical application that builds confidence and mindset. So enable, enabling people to chunk it down into small bits and then build it up until they're suddenly somewhere and they haven't
2: even realised the journey, and they go, "God, how did we get here? How am I doing this?" Suddenly, I mean, I've been on calls with people where I want to buy the thing, I'm already in, but I'm, I'm sort and they're of, talking you out of you're it. So, yeah, you're so e- I'm so easy to sell to. I just think to tell me the price. Like, I'm having it. Like, what's the what's the hold up here? And I have to ask about five different times. Like, well, what, what how's it work? What's the price? How do how do I buy? Basically, I'm literally saying like. How much does it cost They're afraid that that's going
1: to be an I, objection. So then. Yeah,
2: and they're like, oh, what about this? And they go, oh, and um, yeah, you also get this, and you also get that, and I'll do this. And I'm like, people are taught to do it that way. A lot mm-hmm. of the teachers say if somebody asks you about pricing,
1: you're supposed to avoid that question mm. and you're supposed to just build the value, build the value, build the value. But to me, if to avoid the direct question is never a good idea.
2: Yeah, if they've asked that question, they want to buy it normally, like, or they want to see if they can make a way to buy it. Unless, unless, Anna,
1: occasionally it happens that people ask price so that they can get out of it. So they'll mm. ask the price so that you'll quote something so that regardless of what you say, they can say, oh, that's outside my budget. But then again, you don't want people buying from you that feel that they're pushed into it or manipulated into it or that they feel that they can't afford it because if they feel really that they can't afford it, and this is again, where I differ with a lot of the experts out there, there are people out there that will say, go borrow to do this. And then you'll make all this money back Mm. I don't want that kind of responsibility because there is no magic to this. I mean, if somebody takes my program, hopefully, I mean, it is my intention that they should, you know, get seen, get heard, get noticed, get known, all the things that they came for. But there's no guarantee. It depends very much on what they do. With publicity, you can do all the stuff right and either get negative publicity or somebody else comes into. I was performing in a city when I was back when I was just singing and I went to a different city. So I approached all the three newspapers. All three did interviews with me. All three were going to appear. Then some big Canadian star blows into town unexpected and two of the papers bumped in. Celine
0: Dion. Was it it was. Do you know any other Canadian stars, Anna? <laughs> it
1: was Anne Murray. You probably don't know her over there. Anyway, um, I got bumped for Doctor Phil one day on a. I, I was on a oh, Canadian damn. TV show. I, I was supposed to be on on Friday, I think, and he came into town. Luckily, I was on the following Tuesday, so it was okay. But the thing is, it's not all in your hands it's not like an ad where you pay the money and you get the ad right publicity is something that you know may happen may not and you also can't Mm. control the narrative you can't control what they say about you.
0: So you skirted over really quickly the fact that you had a successful career and a family and then kind of threw it all up in the air and decided to completely change um, careers and that you've done that a couple of times so that must have been massive actually where did you find the motivation and what made you think actually I'm going to go for it. Because it's a hard thing to say, right, we work with clients all the time that have got jobs they've worked for 20, 30 years, they've, you know, established a lot of credibility and earned good money, but they're just not happy doing it. And they're trying to look for that confidence to go and do something else. So where did you find that? Okay, well, here's a
1: little secret, Anita, for your listeners, yours and Anna's, but don't let it leave this room, people, okay? <laughs> I didn't actually find the motivation to leave. I In Toronto, they have this um, underground pathway, it's called the path, where people walk like little mice underground, and you can go straight from the subway to your building, and you know, because it's winter, it's freezing here. I'm probably even more so, more than where you guys are. So um, I remember walking in that underground path and seeing a big sign that said, Bob, I quit, you know, I don't know, it's about some kind of entrepreneurship program or whatever. And I I would look longingly at that, you know, and think, oh, but I can't, you know, I got four babies at home, whatever. So I get there, fourth daughter's born, two weeks after I return on maternity leave, they give me notice. Right Mm. now, I had only been at this firm and as an employee, I wasn't a partner. I had only been there nine months to the day from when I started the firm, I gave birth to my first daughter. Oh, okay. So I wasn't pregnant when I got there, right? But I gave birth, and I was their first pregnant lawyer ever. Okay. It was a relatively small firm 14 lawyers, uh, I think just two female lawyers. um, And uh, I was the second. And um, I had the nerve, but anyway. Oh. So the first, okay, they were all very nice about the first. They were very nice about the second. Mm. Brought me gifts. The third one,
0: <laughs> for God's sake, scare telly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they must have sent around a memo that they, you know, that they weren't allowed to mention or nobody mentioned it. No party, no shower, no gifts, mm. no nothing. Right? No raise. And then the fourth one, um, two weeks after. I get noticed. So they were probably afraid that nine months later, I would tell them I'm having a fifth one or yeah, something, you know, because it was never going to stop. <laughs> it was as soon as I joined the firm, I started and then boom, 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 boom. Oh, right? right. So I, I mean, I, I don't really blame them. It's a business. I, I know, you know, equity, you're not supposed to do that kind of thing. But they did and um, whatever. But what it did was it gave me a little push. So afterwards, I'm home with my fourth daughter. All four of them are home. They're all all babies. We had double cribs, double stroller. I I did inquire and almost bought a triple stroller, yeah. and um so I looked around for other law jobs. And I didn't want to sleep downtown anymore because I live like an hour commute, an hour and a half even north of the downtown core where all the businesses are. It's kind of like Wall Street, but uh, it's called Bay Street here in Toronto. And um so I didn't want to do that anymore because I had done it with the babies, you know, I'd have a kid, drop her home, go back, drop her home, go back, you know. So um, I looked for maybe a year or so didn't really find something good around here. And I thought, you know what, why don't I follow my dream and, you know, figure out what I really want to be doing. Singing was part of it. So I uh, made this album, I got on that TV show, I did some stand up comedy, uh, um, live and also on national TV. And um, then I thought, you know, how can I use these talents to actually get more money? Because you don't get money from that kind of thing, you know, occasional here and there, Anna, you know. So um, I um, came up with this idea that, you know, what if I'm good at getting publicity? Because I would go into a town, let's say, when I was a singer, you know, as a singer, I would go into a town and there would be, let's say, a folk festival with 50 performers. And there would be, when you get to the town, there would be the local newspaper with a huge article about the star of the... um, of the festival, which definitely was not me, like somebody famous, not Celine Dion, but somebody, you know, famous more locally, right? And there was a second huge article about me. So the other 49 people are thinking, wait a minute, okay, I get the Celine Dion one or whoever she was, but who the hell is to and why is there an article about her? Like I've never heard of her, right? Town after town, after town, after town that I performed in this happened. So I got good at this, right? I got good at reaching out. I got good at giving them a story and getting the publicity. And then that's what helped people start coming to me. And so I got all these newspaper articles and radio and whatever it was, a little bit of TV. And people came to me and said, can you show me how to do that? Then I learned about local networking meetings like the Chamber of Commerce, Board of Trade, B and I things like that. So I went, did my little 30 seconds, and there was a lineup of people waiting to speak to me. The first six months or so, I got criticized. For how I did my 30 seconds, for how I dressed, I always would wear some ethnic, you know, like something colorful, like a, an Asian, you know, silk thing or just something that would make me stand out. Right. And and I would be funny and people would say to you really should, you know, do it like this and tell them <laughs> your benefits or whatever. six months later, they had me on stage telling them how to do it wrong, too.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> people actually notice anything that you can do to stand out now which is not to say that people should do anything to stand out because yeah. i mean you know streakers remember back in the day they would run naked across the stage i mean yeah. they stood out but that's not kind of the standing well, I out thing you think want. That
2: they should do with those streakers you know like when they like well, obviously we have football matches here and sometimes you have the, they don't really do it anymore like you said but if you have what i think would be genius to do when any streaker like runs out it's like everybody do nothing because what they're going to do they're just going to run for a bit, run out of breath. And then they, what? They're just going to have to go back, aren't they? And sit down, get the clothes back on. They're <laughs> a bit stupid. So I think that should be the plan moving forward with all streakers. It's <laughs> a good idea, though.
1: The point is there are ways to stand out and there are ways to stand out. and You have to make sure that the way you stand out is consistent with your brand. I have a client, um, former client, she's become a very good friend now who came to me um, wearing a suit, a boring corporate suit, and we met at a networking meeting. And she told me she was the lunch lady, and she, um, I said, oh, hi, I'm Tzufit. She goes, yeah, I know, we've met like three times. And, like, I didn't remember ever having met her before because she was yeah. wearing this boring suit, looked like everybody else, sounded like everybody else. Anyway, once I got my hands on her, she became a client. We dressed her up in um, a red and white gingham apron, when she went to networking meetings that matched the little logo that she had for her business, which was called the lunch lady. And she would do this. And she ended up getting a national article in a parenting magazine um, with a picture of her in this gingham apron. I mean, you know, it was it made sense with what she did. Yeah. The corporate
2: suit made no sense. Do you know when you say about um, you went to all these different towns, and they wrote um, different articles different things? Do you think as well, once you get the ball rolling with these things, people will know you as a a safe pair of hands and they know that you've, they've already seen an article or I always think this about radio so we sometimes go on local radio and I think if you've been on once and you talk about a subject they know you and it's like you're, you're the go-to and is it almost like that it's just getting the momentum
0: when you go out and meet a lot of different people different opportunities come your way because you're having all these conversations whereas when you can't go out somehow that stops happening, even though it shouldn't, should it?
1: You're right. We have to find a way to um, approximate this, to simulate this um, online. And Anna, you know, um, let's give them a little behind the scenes, if we can, uh, about how this happened today, because you don't even know the whole story and I don't know the whole story. So we'll both tell the other part of the story and then everyone will know everything, yes? So I don't know why you initially invited me, Um, to appear on your podcast. I don't know how you knew about me. Uh, I guess we we
2: on LinkedIn.
1: Yeah. So I lead a group on LinkedIn, 13,000 entrepreneurs. It's called Step Into the Spotlight. Um, If you guys want to join, send me a note and tell tell me that you know Anna or Anita and I will consider whether or not to let you Mm. in. Um, Anyway, you sent me this invitation to appear on your podcast. I think I responded at the time, but then both of us kind of forgot about it and whatever. And LinkedIn sucks at notifications between us. So that's the part that you know, the part that you don't know is why we reconnected today. Do you know no. how that happened?
2: Uh, you messaged me.
1: <laughs> why but, did I message you?
2: Uh, maybe you saw a video or maybe you no, saw, um, no, 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 no. I don't know.
1: I'll tell you why I messaged you today because there's a new thing on LinkedIn, a couple of months old called LinkedIn stories, similar yeah. to Facebook stories and, um, And Instagram stories, right? You get 20 seconds to do your thing. So I've been using this a lot. I never use it on Facebook. I've never done it on Instagram. But on LinkedIn, I do use these stories. Well, they let you press this little button to see who's seen your story. And Anna was one of, you know, a few dozen people who had seen it since I posted it. I have probably three, four dozen of these Invitations to appear on podcasts and radio that I never got back to, or they never got, or whatever. And, but I never see them, right? Until something happens two, three years later, whatever. And that's why I responded to you. So, um, it's because of an
2: action you took
0: that we're doing this today. It's the power of social media just popping up and as a reminder in front of someone's. Yeah.
2: What we're always telling our clients, like, just do something, one thing, anything each day. It doesn't matter what it is. And you might you do feel sometimes, even we do, with the amount of people that we have connected to us and how long we've been. Sometimes you feel like you put something out and you're like, really? Nope. Like, is Nobody anyone seeing it? it? Nobody, Nobody reacts. But you don't know who's watching, and and like we always say, p- people are always watching. Um, you just don't know when. Yeah, and if
0: you're not there, you do get forgotten about, which is, you know, what happened. I think to a lot of small businesses during lockdown, they thought, well, I can't work, I can't do this and that, so I'll just, you know, hunker down and do nothing. And actually, social media is a fantastic forum to just remind people you're still there, you're going to come back fighting, and here's, you know, how you can get to know what I can do for you.
1: And you just never know which random set of events. Will lead to something happen I mean I've got clients where somebody that I really don't know at all referred me to somebody else that I had that wasn't even in my world, and that person became a client and brought another client I mean like it's so random, and the other you know from France, from New Zealand, from Hong Kong, like it's so random. How could I do this? You know, it's one thing when I deliberately went to local networking meetings and I could see the direct connection. I go, I do my 30 seconds, they buy the book, they hire me. But on social media, you don't know who sees you. You don't know yeah. who's watching. You don't know who, you know, every once in a while, yes, uh, yesterday, the day before I got a, um, a note from somebody, I've been following you for quite a while. I don't even know what that means. You yeah. know, like, I, I don't know. I've never heard you of you. But not
0: engaging. I yeah,
1: I've them. never heard yeah. of you. But the, the thing is, you don't know who is engaging with you. And who who sees you? So um, now that we are in our homes, um, what else are you going to do? I mean, there's only so much lentil soup and baked bread you can make, right? At a certain point,
2: you, I made you soup it. today. It wasn't I made lentil, soup. I made lentil soup today. Carrot, you'll be impressed, Anise, because I don't really do cooking. That it was onion, potato, and swede soup. Check sure. uh, well, that out. Not No, onion, sweet potato, that's it. Sweet potato, onion and carrot soup, that's it. Well,
1: that's exactly what was in my lentil soup, but just added some red lentils to that. How do
2: you do that, by the way? Like, you know... (laughs) i'm trying to get more i'm I'm trying to get more well Well, i don't eat meat you have to leave Do you have to leave them overnight
1: or something no 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 that that would only be no um i buy the red ones so that they they right away like in 20 minutes it's ready to eat and actually when you and i first interacted anna today about this i was on my second bowl of lentil soup when i said to you when you said do you want to do it now or that and i said how about now right or how about today Mm. um I was eating lentil soup at the time. I had to put away my lentil soup. I'm going to have my third bowl after this interview because you
2: interrupted <laughs> the process, Anna. <laughs> sorry. Um, well, you will appreciate it more instead of buying them soup <laughs> true. So get these red, red. Sorry, listeners, but these red red lentils. In a bag. Right? In a bag. You buy them in a bag. What you just put like having your like store cupboard, right? Yeah. And then what do you do? You get you them just out. Into the soup. Yeah, you, 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 you them in. I, I and actually then the simmer. That's
1: no, it. I, no, I No, I, I make some the base of the soup before I start the soup. So yeah. I, I basically rinse them. And um, my daughter, who's an amazing chef, is gonna laugh her head off. Sophie, you were interviewed on a podcast about your lentil soup. <laughs> anyway, so I rinse them to get out some of the grungy stuff. And then I just boil them with water and just start adding all the other stuff that you added to your soup. Oh, cool. um, they will boil over a little bit. So at a certain, I have a bag of frozen peas ready. The minute I see them starting to boil over, I throw the frozen pizza. I learned the hard way because otherwise, yeah, it's all over your stove. Oh, cool. There Thank you, you go. <laughs> cooking tips from Sufi. This is a first. Yeah. I've I've done hundreds of podcasts me, and radio interviews, about but cooking. never, yeah. never have I been interviewed about my yeah. soup.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's a new thing. That's a new direction for us all to go in. Oh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we're home. What else are we going to do? To the but, social media. Let's. Stick but look what here. I did. Here's yeah. the lesson. Okay, between the first and second bowl of the lentil soup, and between the making of the lentil soup, I squeezed in time to do this podcast. Our time is different. Where it's more integrated now than it was mm-hmm. before, right? Like a lot of us, we would work, you know, nine to five or whatever, you know, nine to nine or nine to midnight. As an entrepreneur. Uh, now it's a little bit more integrated with our actual life. So sometimes we don't really feel like we're working, but this is working because you're, you know, we're sharing audiences. People are, are going to, um, who know me, are going to know you and vice versa. So, you know, other people's audiences is another way to grow on on
0: uh, social media and in general. Do you still do um, stand-up comedy or singing or anything like that?
1: Um, Not uh not the way I used to know. Now the comedy is more in my speeches. Like it, it's it's like a you know forty-five minute stand-up comedy routine on marketing. Uh, not exactly. It's it, but it's funny uh, generally, and um, singing mostly for myself.
0: So you've got a group program. Do you also work one-to-one with clients still?
1: Yeah, I mean I have three group programs actually. Um, one is called Spotlight One Hundred and One. One is called uh, the Book Creation Workshop, and one is called 30Seconds.biz, where you focus on the 30 seconds. Um, people who graduate from those programs or who want more attention uh, become VIP clients, and I do work with them 90 minutes um, at a time either weekly or monthly depending on what works best for them
2: right so uh we've got a couple of questions that we always ask people on our podcast uh the first one we're the get savvy club so we always ask our um guests what makes you savvy you can take that any way you want
1: (sighs) well i don't know i'm
2: not the one claiming i'm savvy i don't know if i'm savvy
1: um, you know, the one thing I've learned is not to make too many claims. I I, I think um, positioning and marketing is not about what I say about me it's, uh, and branding. It's what other people say about me. So if during this 45 minutes your listeners have observed something or you, Anna, or you, Anita, have observed something that makes me savvy, feel free to share it with your audience. Yeah. Um, otherwise, can you see I used to be a lawyer? Yeah. I can <laughs> I can turn it around, baby. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's not a word that I use. The other
0: question we always ask is uh, if you can recommend a book to our listeners. So a business book or a development book or anything that you think has really helped you or other people in your world.
1: This is going to sound terribly self-serving. But if you have not yet read Step Into the Spotlight, A Guide to Getting Noticed. Um, and I know this is just for you, too. Um you you will want to read it because people read it over and over and over and over again you can have a look at it at www.spotlightbook.com and by the way there's a tip for your listeners if you have a complicated url that takes you straight to amazon if you have a complicated url spend 10 bucks get a forward and make it simple for them. Spotlightbook.com will take you to Amazon. Please don't order a physical copy now during lockdown. Please order the Kindle version um, because that will make it easier for everybody. So that that's a book I would recommend. And if I were going to not be self-serving, um, no, really, that book will help you. But I would also suggest to you Al Ries, R-I-E-S, uh, book Positioning. Positioning. Um, he uh, – and Jack Trout wrote that book together, and it's like a foundational um, marketing book about you know how to position yourself in the marketplace. And actually, I was very grateful that both Al Reese and Jack Trout, who's since passed away, uh, endorsed my book. It was written quite a while ago, um, and it's still considered
2: like one of the. The books, yeah. That's also
1: cool. also by Robert Cialdini, Influence is another oh, good
2: one. And I find that one quite a tough-going book, actually, that Influence. Well,
1: because um, Influence is a tough subject, but hmm. it's very um, – he wrote books since then that were a little easier to access. Hmm. Um, but um, I told you I'm very interested in behavioral psychology and – Um, I actually opened my book with a story from his book. And actually, it's interesting how I got the endorsement from him because he had never heard of me, right? And he's famous Mm -hmm. and I'm not. Actually, all my endorsers, almost all of them are famous and I'm not and certainly wasn't then. Um, But the way I got the endorsement from Bob Cialdini was hysterically funny because he has a story in there about how um, there's a lineup for the photocopy machine. And um, you're like third in line, and you go to the person who's first in line and you ask them, Can I please use the photocopy machine? And you make up some excuse. He says it doesn't matter what the excuse is, as long as you say because and say something after the word because, they're more likely to let you do it if you just ask to use it. So I sent him an email, cold email. He'd never heard of me. Um, you know, Professor Cialdini, he has a PhD in this stuff. Um, Uh, could you please endorse my book because I have blue hair or something like it was an obvious non sequitur had nothing to do with anything but it showed him that I had read and understood the story that he did and he shot me back like yeah right away he said yes and he did it and I later met him at a conference and he you know we took a picture of him holding the book so it was nice
2: so what is the best way for our listeners to find you then Okay, I'll tell you. First of all, you can join the,
1: the step into the spotlight group by going to spotlightgroup.biz, B-I-Z. Um, if you want to directly email me, the best way to do that is if you go to www, write this down, people, with an S at the end.com. You'll get a free series of tips about how to stand out in just 30 seconds, whether at a networking group or online. And, uh, it will be a series of emails, and any one of those emails that you receive, you can just hit reply, and you will get me directly. If I like you, I may even respond.
2: <laughs> we like to do that. We we love yeah. to respond to our emails because it's like no, we are talking to you. Respond, send one yeah. back. We, yeah. we love and to people do. Love people yeah. do. Yeah,
0: I like to hear what they say, so I do always reply to them um, because it's interesting what people will tell you.
2: Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for coming on, and especially like at the, the quick notice that we all just sort of went. Yeah, let's <laughs> that's do it around. They on are. Maybe. Yeah. And, and you know what a lot of people could learn a lot people listen to this could learn from that definitely to take actions when uh, take action when opportunity comes your way right. so many people are like oh some you know oh so can you send me a diary link let's get it in the diary let's oh I, like, hate you know, I hate that I hate that yeah, I hate I don't it was, want
0: your diary link let's <laughs> oh, it just me, send me some information about it so I can digest it and then you put that off and yeah you could be done we're done and dusted aren't we
2: that's a good lesson now very often, the answer. Thank you so much for coming on, and uh, you, yeah, we'll, we'll be in and around your LinkedIn group quite a bit more now, um, because absolutely. more so as well. We don't really use LinkedIn groups here in the UK, or we don't, and so it'd be good to see how like one works uh, successfully as well, because we don't we don't use them that much. So there's no. Would be great. Right. people out there making them work, so we need. The reason to do it, the see. reason
1: the reason ours works is we don't let people post any articles or teaching posts yeah. at all. No links, no hashtags, no inspirational quotes. That's just good. super short questions about marketing, and so. That's, that's why we don't have a lot
0: of blah, blah, blah in there. If you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, review and subscribe. Awesome. Thank you, Sufi. That was really good. And do you know what I love, Anna, is that you don't know where life's going to take you. So you could go from being a lawyer, which you trained for a long time to do, so you think, well, that'll be it forever, and then go, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a singer or a stand-up comedian or a business coach, and you know I love the concept that anyone can be anything, regardless of your past, your history, your qualifications, your training. Just go for it. So, yeah, four kids, four young kids. So, um, yeah, it, stuff like stories like that really inspire me. So, fantastic interview. Thank you very much, Sue Don't forget, if you um, want to win a copy of her book or the other books she recommends, then uh, just take a screenshot of listening to it. Put it on social media and tag us in um, and then we'll pick somebody and send you the the Audible book or the Kindle book. Um, And don't forget to listen to our quickie on Thursday and then find out who we're interviewing next week. Thanks very much. Bye. Bye. That was Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club. If you enjoyed it, join our Facebook group. Just search Get Savvy Club.